Hi, thanks to Cry Malt. This is Beer is a Conversation. I'm Matt Kirkegaard. This week we're looking at beer tourism. Not only have tap rooms become an important part of small brewery business plans, they are an increasing tourist draw card, and tourism bodies are putting increasing focus on beer as part of the broader food and drink market segment. Last week, Economic Development Australia's South Australian branch hosted a forum looking at tourism and the opportunities that beer is creating. Among the presenters were Trevor Bass, head brewer at Migration Brewing in Portland, Oregon, and also Chris Holland, head chef at Baked Alaska Restaurant in Astoria, Oregon. Portland needs no introduction to beer people, but Astoria is not as well known. Chris tells the story of how food and beer have been instrumental in changing the fortunes of this 10,000-person town two hours from Portland that is now home to five breweries, a distillery, a cidery and a host of good restaurants. I chat to Chris about Astoria and its beer-led resurgence and then have a brief chat with Trevor to learn all things migration brewing. First up is Chris Holland. Enjoy the conversation. Chris Holland, welcome to Beer as a Conversation. Tell us a little bit about, uh, you're, you're the head chef at the Baked Alaska restaurant in a little place called Astoria, Oregon. That's right. Uh, yeah. t- tell us a little bit about uh, Astoria and also Baked Alaska. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Baked Alaska is a uh, waterfront uh, restaurant located on the Columbia River. Uh, we're literally on a, on a pier uh, right off of downtown Astoria. Um, about 200 seats, uh, kind of a multiple different dining environments, and uh, with a focus on uh, what the ingredients are available in that region. Um, Astoria is a uh, historic West Coast American town that has been um, a little over 200 years old, um, founded by Lewis and Clark in uh, 1806, and uh, we are um, a town of 10,000, and um, have have been undergoing, I guess, a resurgence, if you will, I guess, a reinvention. You know, a, a town that used to be all uh, canneries and, and timber industry has now become a, a food and beverage uh, destination town. Ten thousand people is a pretty small town, and yet you have become a, a destination. How long has the rebirth of uh, Astoria been going on? You know, it's funny. It's uh, it's it's fairly recent. I would say uh, two decades um, at the most. You know, the town was kind of went to sleep in the 70s, um, used to be, you know, a major headquarters for Bumblebee Seafoods um, and kind of went to, went to sleep, you know. I mean, I, I feel like to put it in perspective, you know, people kind of stopped painting their houses and, and cutting their grass and and kind of just, uh, not to say gave up, but but kind of just, it kind of went into a sleep mode. And in the past, uh, you know, 18, 20 years, uh, I opened, uh, my wife and I opened our first restaurant in Astoria in uh, well, 18 years ago last week. And um, over the over the years, we've opened three restaurants, and um, have been real fortunate to be part of the part of uh, what's happening there. You know, um, used to be kind of a for a number of years, just kind of a drive through town, people heading to the uh, Pacific Coast, the beaches, um, and those kinds of things. And now they're stopping. You know, we um, we have restaurants that have opened and, and closed, but plenty of restaurants that have opened and stayed open. Um, and now, you know, after the last, you know, 18 years, uh, we now have, uh, some great places to eat, 
um, great hotels, all focused on, uh, you know, very uh, historically high integrity, repurposing of old buildings, um, things really being brought back to life by using what already existed and giving it a kind of a new lease, if you will. Um, we now have five uh, craft breweries in, in Astoria, town of 10,000. There's five breweries. Wow. Uh, dis- distillery, a cidery. Um, and it's really just, um, you know, you know, 18 years ago, you could find an apartment for $300 and, and now you can't find an apartment at all. It's, uh, we, we've gone from, um, you know, real sleepy to a housing crisis. <laughs> so, so what sparked it? Now, I, I know that your, your Astoria is around about 100 kilometers northwest of Portland, in, which is a, a very yeah. famous uh, you know, beer hub. And it, it's uh, often called Beervana, I believe. Yeah, Port- Portland is, you know, is arguably the uh, craft beer capital of the world. And it is, uh, it's a, Portland is a, a real hip town. It's a fun place. It's, uh, there's a lot going on, a lot of funky things you wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't even think of. Um, and a lot of that is, uh, you know, over time has kind of spilled over into Astoria. So we, we have a whole new, you know, um, demographic of people uh, living and working in Astoria um, for the lifestyle. You know, it's a beautiful place. And on a sunny day in July, there's, I, in my opinion, I've been all over the world is um, I enjoy living there, and, and I can't think of a better place. I'd rather be um, on a sunny day in July. <laughs> so going back to, uh, so you, you, you're close to Portland, so there is a, you, you're in an area that is obviously fairly fertile ground for good food oh, yeah. and drink, but what was it that oh, yeah. made, uh, you know, Astoria started to come into its own as a bit of a food and uh, beverage destination? I think the way things have been done, you know, the city has pretty strict um, rules on maintaining, um, you know, historic buildings and, and what you can do with them. Um, they have been, as a, as a city, quite um, flexible and willing to, you know, explore creative industries and and even supported that. Some some even with the urban renewal dollars um, helping to repaint buildings. And um, there's many places that uh, for great examples are, you know, the best example is probably Fort George Brewery. Um, Fort George Brewery was an old uh, auto auto uh, showroom and, and auto shop um, that actually survived. It's one of the uh, the only downtown buildings that survived a massive uh, fire in 1922. Um, and what they have done to that entire block, maintaining the integrity of the history and reinventing the building and giving it a new purpose, um, is is a great example of what many people have done from purchasing historic homes. Um, and revitalizing them, um, and repainting them, refinishing them, and these kinds of things. And my restaurant is located in a, in a 110-year-old marine supply warehouse that, that uh, used to be, that's where you would string up the nets to, to put them all back together for the fishing industry. And, and we've, you know, we've turned it into this you know, 220-seat uh, waterfront restaurant. So that's, that's, a lot of part, that's, that's a big part of it, is, is what has happened is... Multiple different entities have have either moved to Astoria or moved back to Astoria and and done great things. We have a historic theater right downtown. It kind of I I would say a lot of it started right there. That uh, you know a group of individuals that um, that love the town, maybe even grew up there, got together, found some found some cash, raised some capital, and turned a you know what was a, a boarded up triplex uh, back into 
um, a live theater as it was when it first opened in 1924. And these kinds of things are, are really important. There's a hotel across the street from it, a member of the board, a board member uh, from the Liberty Restoration Group um, acquired the hotel about, you know, in uh, about 2002, 2003. It was a 65-room, I don't know, for lack of a better term, flop house. I think, I, think, I think you might have been able to rent a room there by the hour, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. And, and um, you know, acquired this building, uh, renovated it entirely while maintaining the uh, historic integrity of the structure and turned it into a 32-room luxury boutique hotel um, with, you know, blown glass lamps and original artwork on the walls and heated heated tile floors in the bathrooms. It's it's wonderful. Um it, and that's where it starts, right? It all starts in one spot, and then it starts to kind of span out from there. And the other people say, hey, I love what they did there. I got an idea. I'd like to invest in this town. Uh, what can I do? What's a creative industry I can I can take part in that, that can um, can become part of this community and, and, and have an offering that's good for everyone? And that's, that's what's been important. But in a community of 10,000 people, where is the, uh, you know, custom support uh, coming from to support so many breweries and bars and restaurants? Is, is it a, a tourist destination and people coming to visit? Yes. Um, we, you know, being only, only a, a two-hour drive from Portland, only a three-and-a-half-hour drive from Seattle, it's, it's easily accessible. I think that that's, that's part of it. It's, it's interesting. And it's authentic. How about that? It's, it's a very authentic town. And when you go there, it's full of um, history and culture and, and characters. And, and that's what's, what I feel has really been the draw. It's real. You know, we, people don't come to Astoria to go to the arcade and, and play on the beach. They come to Astoria to visit our museums, um, experience our breweries, eat in our restaurants, and stay in these funky hotels. I mean, there's a hotel down on the waterfront that was um, old uh, cannery site, you know, for the fishing canning business. Mm-hmm. And it is now uh, arguably one of the, one of the best hotels in, in America, you know, $350 a night. They have a vintage car that'll drive you to dinner and bring you back. <laughs> um, it's, it's very cool. That's the cannery pier hotel. So that's, that's a good example. Even our um, museums, for example, we have, you know, Astoria is, believe it or not, you ever seen the Goonies? Uh, yeah, a long the time. Movie for the Goonies from the, uh, 19, 1985. 1985. Uh, you know, is it, that's a draw. We had, you know, during anniversaries, big anniversaries, 25th, 30th anniversary of uh, the, the making of this movie, we've had thousands of people from around the world flock there that, um, that, were, that grew up with that movie, that were inspired by that movie. And, and they, they not only came to see the sights, but they're they're completely blown away by what's happened there and, and the cool things to do and see and the, the authentic shops downtown and the, the, all these kinds of things. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. And, and like I said, we're very accessible. There's two major highways um, from, from two different uh, sides of Portland that uh, both will get you to Astoria within about two hours. But when you uh, talk about like a small community of 10,000 people with five breweries, a couple of uh, bars, it, it, there's a certain mindset that would just see that as being problematic drinking. You, you know, and, and that, that is that's entirely accurate. I mean, we, we've been, we have been written up as a, um, they've even, even, uh, I've even heard the phrase a number of times, it's a quaint little drinking town with a fishing problem. Um, <laughs> 
it's um, you're right. And, in, 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 you know, in a major publication, Portland Mercury um, out of Portland has built us as a drinking town. And yes, yes and no, but the quality of the product that we're offering, right. That's, that seems to be a big thing now in the, in the craft beer industry is yes. Yes. There's some higher alcohol beers, but people are drinking less beer of higher quality. And so it's not just about drinking. It might, it might, might drive, uh, it might be help, help drive the traffic there. But there's plenty of other things to do besides uh, sit in a pub all day. Mm. But what is it about do the small community uh, breweries that are different from an old style bar or a saloon? Oh, we we have we have plenty of we have plenty of uh, what we like to consider dive bars okay. <laughs> in Astoria. The late night ones that stay open to the last minute um, with the, uh, the the poker machines or the pokies as you call them here. Um, there's plenty of those. Um, however, what people have done to the environments where these breweries are located, they're actual environments. There's a lot of uh, eye candy, if you will, interesting things to see. For example, we have a, uh, a monument on the top of the hill uh, known as the Astoria Column. And on the outside, there's a depiction of, of the birth uh, for all the way from Lewis and Clark um, to the fur traders coming through to the uh, shipping industry um, and all of these things, a big depiction. It's got a, a large spiral staircase that goes up the middle of it. Well, a couple of years ago, the, uh, they needed to replace that staircase. And you can now find pieces of that spiral staircase throughout town. So, for example, the Fort George Brewery has a spiral staircase from the main level to the new space built out of the old stairs from the column. There's a lot of eye candy. And and when you walk around, there's, there's just all interesting things to see. They're intriguing, and they're, they're real, and they're historic, and, and they're authentic. And that's, that's part of the draw. It's not just a place to go and, and drink beer all day, but it's a place to go and explore and be part of and, and feel a little bit of history. But do you think people would be drawn into Astoria if you were just serving Bud, for example, or some of the classic uh, uh, beers that went once went before you just had uh, bars that were serving those beers? Or is it that you've got your own local uh, brewing industry that uh, is attracting people? Right. You know, we, yeah, yeah. In, you know, in my place, um, we, we have a dozen craft beers. You know, our primary objective is to feed people. But we have a dozen uh, a dozen craft beers with a focus on everyone else. We want to support all the other breweries and, and the happenings and and whatnot. So we, we feature all those beers. We, uh, we have our own wine label, you know, good representations of Oregon, Pinot Noir and Pinot Gris. We have, um, we've developed, um, you know, a number of other things that, that not only brand our own products, but brand our town. And that sort of thing is, 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 is very helpful. What's next for Astoria? If you can't get a room, is it becoming too crowded? Will it, will its success kill it? Do you think? I don't think so. Um, there, there is, as I said, we, we had, do have some rules and regulations and, and when somebody wants to build a new hotel, they have to jump through a lot of hoops. They want to make sure it fits with our landscape. They want to make sure it, um, it, it fits in, but ultimately they'll get on the same page with our city and, and they'll build that hotel and we'll have more places to stay. What is going to happen to Astoria? You know what? That, that's a great question. I wish I could, uh, look into my crystal ball and predict the future but you know i think we're just going to continue on that you know maybe the maybe we won't go up as fast but we'll at least maintain and, and, and continue to move in a forward direction you know with a focus on uh, the history of our town
and a focus on these kinds of things. Oh, well, I'm long overdue a visit to uh, Portland, and you've just given me a reason to uh, head a little bit northwest and visit you at Astoria. Uh, Chris, thank you very much for joining us on Beer as a Conversation. Absolutely. You know, it's, a, it's my pleasure, and uh, thank you for the opportunity. And that was Chris Holland from Baked Alaska Restaurant in Astoria, Oregon. Next up, Trevor Bass, head brewer at Migration Brewing. Trevor Bass, welcome to Beer as a Conversation. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Now, tell us a little bit about Migration Brewing in Portland. Uh, Migration Brewing has been around for eight years. They have been a small uh, brew pub uh, style brewery. So um, about a nine hectoliter system, largely brewing beer to sell uh, over the bar to customers that, that come in into their place. Um, and then recently, as of June this year, um, opened a production brewery that's uh, closer to 24 hectoliters and um, with a focus on producing the brands that are the most successful out of the pub, uh, getting them those brands in both draft for uh, bars around town and regionally, and then uh, package uh, cans, 12-ounce cans. So it sounds like you've grown uh, pretty nicely uh, over that time. What's what's driven that growth? Um, I think it's been a focus on making beer the best possible with the best ingredients, uh, creating a sense of community that makes people feel good about coming into the pub, drinking beer, and then uh, wanting that beer to take with them. And, and, and what styles of beer are the house styles? Um, historically, the styles of beer have been largely hop-focused, so pale ales, IPAs, uh, but with uh, one of the owners and, and the brewing director, uh, Mike Bronis, he has a love for English style, so things uh, also, some, some beers tend to be malt-forward and more of a, a historic browns and bitters and uh, ESBs and um, strong ales and ambers and things that way. Okay, so it sounds like a bit of a mixed bag. Now, you're over here talking uh, about the economic development that craft breweries can make, uh, particularly from a tourism aspect. So have you guys been involved in the the, the tourist aspect of the the brewing industry? I definitely have. uh, As part of a previous job, I actually came working with a different brewery. I came to Australia and New Zealand, uh, working with Travel Portland and Travel Oregon. Um, So that was a big part of what that trip was, and I think it made me a good candidate internally um, to, to come on this trip internally at Migration. And then, you know, of course, we work with uh, Bruvana Brewery Tours in Portland, and they bring um, busloads of people, sometimes smaller buses, sometimes bigger buses, uh, and stop at our pub for uh, their, their guests to have a beer or two before they go on to one of the next stops. We've been working with them for quite a long time, uh, and I'd say supporting the the tourism industry directly that way as far as providing a nice base, um, a reliable spot, and uh, definitely the best beer. But what is it about beer that, uh, you know, uh, wine has always been something that has encouraged people to get in their cars and visit the your beautiful uh, vineyards um, and, and taste the uh, you know the wines where they're made. But beer has always been something that you sit back and let it come to you. What is it about the beer renaissance or the change in uh, approach to beer that is seeing beer tourism become a something that people are willing to engage in? I think it's um, it's been the development of very distinct regional styles. 
uh, and then individual fingerprints um, that a that a brewer or a brewery might have on those styles. So um, the New England style IPA being a really great example of that. I've had uh, several on on this trip while in Australia. Um, I've made dozens of different uh, distinct batches um, and then repeated some of those batches hundreds of times. And uh, they're very different than the New England style IPAs being brewed in New England. So um, I think we sort of have the advent of uh, beer tourism. Um, You know, how many people have you talked to that regale you with stories of their first trip to Germany and how, how much better the Pilsners are there than uh, than the one that they're having currently. <laughs> and I think that um, that's always existed a little bit, but uh, as more regional styles develop um, that are new and unique and not necessarily historic and something that's been brewed for 400 years, um, what you have is the ability to track the progress of those styles um, you know, moment by moment and go to the brewery where the style originated um, and then go check out what their neighbors think of it and their interpretation of that style. One of the things I've noticed as I've gotten around is that America has been so influential that we're starting to see Australian brewers develop American-style beers. We've seen English brewers do develop uh, English-style beers. Should brewers in those regions try and replicate what they're seeing in, in, in the States, or should they be trying to develop their own style? Uh, the simple answer is yes. Um, <laughs> I think that you know, learning, uh, learning how how to use a new technique or a new ingredient. Um, the easiest way to do that is to emulate something that's been done well somewhere else. Um, but then also, you know, if if you're just making the same thing that somebody else down the street is making and it tastes identical, well, neither place is special anymore. And so, definitely adding your own spin to that beer uh, is is really important. And you know, it's I'm I'm really proud of the German Pilsner that that we make at Migration Brewing, and I've worked really hard to to make it taste uh, as good or better than most German Pilsners that you would have, unless you were sitting in Germany drinking a Pilsner and that particular part of the world. But I don't want to be known as the place that has the really great German Pilsner. I want to be known as the place that has the really great, uh, super fresh IPA, um, because we don't grow any of the ingredients in uh, the German Pilsner regionally, but we do grow all the ingredients that are in our IPA regionally. And so I think you're going to have something that's a lot more local and regional um, in the IPA style for us, for a West Coast IPA, than, than anything else. And you could say the same thing for a pale ale, and you could say the same thing for, you know, maybe a version of a sparkling ale, uh, but that's certainly not what we're known for, and that's... Um, not why someone is going to come come visit us. It's going to be our more hop-forward styles. I like to say, as a rule, beer doesn't travel very well, so we should. Sure. Is, is that something that makes up a, you know, a big component of beer tour, tourism? Uh, I think I think that that's that's the best summary I've heard. Um, you know, there you can certainly be selective about the beers that you want to try and um, from where I you know. One of my favorite things is a, a bottle that's been hand carried by a friend from another country and protected and taken care of and shared with me, at, you know, as as one of the most special things. But um, that's that's nice and the sentiment is amazing and of course that's a really good friend. But I would much rather go to that brewery and drink it there, you know, 
uh, and do the travel and sit in the place where it was developed and brewed and made and maybe even sit next to the next to the brewer at the bar and talk about it and what they think about it and what they love and you know what the challenges are. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for coming along and uh, sharing a little bit about what's uh, going on in Portland and particularly, uh, as I just said to uh, Chris, uh, I've long overdue a visit to to Portland and uh, I've got a definite uh, place that I need to visit now. Yeah, yeah, please come come sit next to me at the bar and let's drink a couple IPAs. That would be awesome. Trevor, thank you very much for joining us on Beer as a Conversation. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. And that was Trevor Bass, head brewer at Migration Brewing. Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show, either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of Australian craft beer. When Brews News cast and crew are buying online, we buy at Beer Cartel. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because beer is a conversation. And we look forward to another conversation next week.